3 a.m. Tales of Terror contains explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to 3 a.m. Tales of Terror, where we tell you stories of the paranormal. I'm your host, Jamie. And I'm your co-host, Charlie. And in this episode, we're going to be telling a story that we've already recorded once, but we did it with our old mics. We recorded this story with our old mics, so (laughs) it didn't sound good. It picked up freaking everything, so we're going to redo it. Yeah, we don't have a soundproof room. No, we don't. Tried to convince Kenny when we move into the new house to soundproof my room, but... He was like, no, you're just going to get a door. So like, <laughs> our, so the new house is, it's, it's going to be three bedrooms. So um, the master bedroom and then the two bedrooms, his office isn't going to have a door. But I told him, I said, with the podcast, I was like, I need a shut door. It's like, I can't have that. Yeah. I can't have Eli just walking up in there and screaming. Because <laughs> you know he, he would. It adds to the spooky effect. Oh my gosh. So yeah, we already recorded this episode once, but we're going to do it again because it's a really good story. And it just didn't record well because our mics before sucked. So now we're good. So anyways, it is uh, Castle of Good Hope in Cape Town, South Africa. We can go ahead and jump in. Built by the Dutch East India Company between 1666 and 1679, the castle is the oldest existing building in South Africa. It replaced an older fort called the Fort de Good Hoop which was constructed from clay and timber and built by Jan van Riebeek upon his arrival at the Cape of Good Hope in 1652. Two redoubts, Redoubt Kayukit and Redoubt Dunjihoop Dunheap, were built at the mouth of the Salt River in 1654. The purpose of the Dutch settlement in the Cape was to act as a replenishment station for ships passing the treacherous coast around the Cape on long voyages between the Netherlands and the Dutch East Indies, which is now Indonesia. During 1664, tensions between Great Britain and the Netherlands rose amid rumors of war. That same year, Commander Zacharias Wagoner successor to Jan van Riebeek, was instructed by Commissioner Isbrand Gosick to build a pentagonal fortress out of stone. The first stone was laid on January 2nd, 1666. That just sounds like a bad omen. (laughs) Yeah, not a good year. (laughs) No. Work was interrupted frequently because the Dutch East India Company was reluctant to spend money on the project. On April 26, 1679, the five bastions were named after the main titles of William III of Orange Nassau, Leerdam, to the west, with Burden, Katznellenbogen Nassau, and Orange Clockwise from it. The names of these bastions have been used as street names in suburbs in various provinces, but primarily of Cape Town, such as Stellenberg, Belleville. In 1682, the gated entrance replaced the old entrance, which had faced the sea. A bell tower situated over the main entrance was built in 1684. The original bell, the oldest in South Africa, was cast in Amsterdam in 1697 by the East Frisian bellmaker Claude Fremy and weighs just over 300 kilograms or 660 pounds. 
It was used to announce the time as well as warning citizens in case of danger, since it could be heard 10 kilometers away. It was also rung to summon residents and soldiers when important announcements needed to be made. The fortress housed a church, bakery, various workshops, living quarters, shops, and cells, among other facilities. The yellow paint on the walls was originally chosen because it lessened the effect of heat and the sun. A wall, built to protect citizens in case of an attack, divides the inner courtyard, which also houses the, the Decap balcony, which was designed by Louis Michael Thibault, with reliefs and sculptures by Anton and Reef. The original was built in 1695, but rebuilt in its current form between 1786 and 1790. From the balcony, announcements were made to soldiers, slaves, and burghers of the Cape. The balcony leads to the William Fur collection of paintings and antique furniture. During the Second Boer War, 1899 to 1902, part of the castle was used as a prison, and the former cells remain to this day. Fritz Jubert de Quisne, later known as the man who killed Kitchener and the leader of the Duquesne spy ring, was one of its more well-known residents. The walls of the castle were extremely thick, but night after night, Duquesne dug away the cement around the stones with an iron spoon. He nearly escaped one night, but a large stone slipped and pinned him in, his, in the tunnel. The next morning, a guard found him unconscious but alive. In 1936, the castle was declared a historical monument, from 1969 known as a national monument, and since April 1st, 2000, a UNESCO World Heritage Site, the first site in South Africa to be so protected. Extensive restorations were completed during the 1980s, making the castle the best preserved example of a Dutch East India Company fort. The castle acted as local headquarters for the South African Army in the Western Cape and today houses the Castle Military Museum and ceremonial facilities for the traditional Cape regiments. The castle is also the home of the Cape Town Highlanders Regiment, a mechanized infantry unit. Okay, so now we're going to get into the hauntings and where or why um, the castle is or may be haunted. Over time, due to the castle's military involvement, many prisoners were held there. A section of the castle was even referred to as Donkergat, which means dark hole in Dutch, because it was a dungeon room with no windows that was used as a torture chamber for many prisoners held there. In the winter in earlier years, it was recorded that because the castle was located so close to the sea, the dungeon would rapidly fill with three feet of water and any prisoners chained to the walls at that moment would drown. And as if to make for an even more colorful history, it turns out that there are still a lot of things unknown about this building. Because more recent renovations continually uncover bricked up rooms and architects believe that there are many more to be uncovered still. So of course, due to the castle's extensive history, it's more than a little haunted now. At present, there are still soldiers that patrol the grounds, mostly acting as security for the place. The problem is that many of these guards have trouble with the night shifts. Many of them prefer to walk the entire perimeter of the castle grounds when patrolling, rather than walk through the interior halls of the castle due to how haunted the place is said to be. Workers and visitors report hearing voices and footsteps in the windowless dungeon and in the building's narrow corridors. The bell in the bell tower sometimes rings on its own accord. That should be impossible because it was bricked up centuries ago. 
Legend says a soldier once hung himself by the bell rope. Perhaps it's his ghost that rings the bell. One of the most famous ghost stories from the castle, and perhaps the best place to start, is that of General Peter Gisbert Van Noot. Van Noot worked at the castle in the 18th century, and in April 1729, he was responsible for sentencing seven soldiers to death at the castle's gallows. Their crime, according to him, was desertion, but according to the council at the time, this was an unjust and even illegal condemnation. He'd even had to overturn the council's decision of more lenient sentencing to have the men hanged. However, this would come to be a very bad decision on Van Newt's part for more than just moral grounds. When his turn to face the noose approached, one of the soldiers demanded Van Newt come watch the hangings. When he didn't, the soldier used his final words to curse Van Newt, declaring that he would one day face divine justice. As it turned out, that day was just several hours later. Van Newt was found dead in his chair, slumped over his desk. Frozen on his face was supposedly a look of shock. There have been many reports over the years of sightings of Van Newt wandering the castle hallways, cursing aloud. In addition to the castle, he's also been reported to haunt a nearby house that is believed to be connected to the castle by a secret passageway. It's called the Rustin Vjurg and is dubbed the most haunted house in Cape Town. Another aimless soul that's been left to wander the grounds even after her death is Lady Anne Barnard. She lived in the castle for five years beginning in 1797. She's been a relatively harmless ghost and mostly seems interested only in joining parties and functions thrown for people of importance at the castle. While she was alive, she was the wife of the castle's colonial secretary and was the first lady of the colony. She hosted many an events, and it is believed that perhaps she's just trying to continue her duties into the afterlife. When spotted, she's often seen in her best ball gowns from that era. While she was alive, she liked to bathe in what was known as the Dolphin Pool, and upon discovery and restoration, done in great part due to drawings and descriptions written by Lainey Barnard herself of the Dolphin Pool, seemingly increased the likelihood of seeing her. She was quite the colorful woman while she was alive, apparently having spent much time bathing in the pool naked. There's some dispute about this fact, when some historians insisting that it would have been too scandalous at the time. However, a number of records from Bath, England, show that British women of the time were not nearly as buttoned up as the Victorians. That being said, Lainey Barnard kept a detailed record of her life in the castle, and one section did include her stating that an officer from the castle had voiced discomfort at her tendency to dive into the pool naked, and later had stairs built so that she could walk into the pool instead. She, also, she was also believed to bathe occasionally in the stream on Table Mountain, so a couple of measly stairs into her pool didn't seem to stop her antics. Even more interesting is the fact that she was in her 40s when first arriving in the castle, and her husband was 12 years her junior. I wish I had that confidence. I know. <laughs> I love the that they weren't as buttoned up as the Victorians. I'm like, I mean, she kind of lived there, and she was literally the first lady of the colony. Like, she can do what she wants. Yeah. Like, <laughs> maybe just uh, don't go to the pool when she's there. Yeah. Respect her privacy. And she obviously thought she looked good enough to be able to do it naked. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, v General Van Newt's cursing and Lady Barnard's ghostly party hosting isn't close to being the only activity at the castle. And they're on the tamer side of things. 
While many a harmless spirits have been spotted, including the ghost of a vicious black dog, is also said to haunt the castle grounds. It lunges at people before suddenly disappearing. People also claim to have seen a tall, luminous man leaping off the castle walls. He disappears right before he hits the ground. A man and a woman are frequently heard arguing near the guard's room. If people check it out, only a shapeless figure is seen. Here, an electrical bell is also heard, while nobody is around to ring it. Even today, soldiers who guard the castle at night rather avoid passing through the castle's archways. They say they fear the restless souls that roam them. Late one night, or rather in the early hours of the morning, a few guards were patrolling the castle when one of them heard screams for help coming from the dungeon and the torture chambers. Upon investigating, however, the guard found the rooms empty, visibly anyway. He reported having felt a distinct presence with him in the room and a sudden icy chill. In addition, many guards, especially those on night shifts, refused to patrol past the Donker Gat, describing the feeling of a powerful force that seems to attempt to suck them into a hole. Perhaps the most interesting part about this place is that the ghost stories and experiences seem to come from many different people with various reasons to be in the castle. Guards, employees, visitors, tourists, etc. One particularly strange report came in 1952 from a couple that were given special permission to stay the night in the castle during the Van Rebeek Festival. In the middle of the night, they were suddenly woken from their sleep by a lance corporal who was rushing around calling the soldiers to wake up. The couple asked what was going on and he said that bus drivers and conductors were in the streets rioting and that they had to hurry to get up. Upon rushing outside, however, nothing was happening, and the corporal was gone. In the morning, the couple asked the staff what happened, but the staff had no idea what they were referring to. With such a long, rich history of people who've been in and out of the castle and all the vastly different uses it's been through, it's no wonder there are so many ghosts that now roam the halls among the living. Now, here's some information for visiting the castle. As of February 2022... After a short period of closure, the castle team is elated to welcome you back to South Africa's oldest surviving building, the majestic historic Castle of Good Hope. You and your loved ones can come and visit and appreciate your rich history in, among others, the William Fur Collection, Camissa Placeholder Exhibition, Mandela Luthuli Exhibition, SA Military Museum, Cape Muslim and Slave Heritage Museum, Crying for Justice Exhibition, Posterity 3 Art Installation, Rhino Exhibition, King Statues, and many more. And then there's some tips that the website provides for when you come to visit. February is their hottest month, so please wear flat shoes, apply sunscreen, and obey COVID-19 protocols. Only use the main entrance opposite the Grand Parade with the two lines on the entrance pillars. Besides a few reputable online sites, entry tickets are sold at the main counter only and not on the streets. Beware of the scams. They open at 9 a.m. and the last ticket sale is at 3.30 p.m. Adults are about $3 and under 18s and SA pensioners $1.50. Free controlled parking is available inside the castle grounds from the hidden turnoff in Darling Street. Also read Cape Town Tourism's general visitor safety tips posted on the website. So those uh, dollar amounts are American dollars. Um, they are, if you want, they're uh, 
their our, countries. It's our, I don't know what the name is for it, but. Yeah. R50, uh, R25. Yeah, it's R50 and R25 is the price differences, but we put the American ones, just U.S. dollars. So a majority of our listeners are yeah. speak English and from America. And then I think we have a few that, that would use euros. Which yeah. euros is not far off from American dollars, so yeah, it's pretty close. And yeah, it's like I think it's like less rates. than a dollar. <laughs> so, yeah. so you can just do that. But I put the tips on here just in case you are over there, or in case you want to go over there, or you're planning a trip to go to South Africa. I know from my friend's experience is she went to a more rural part mm-hmm. of South Africa, but she did have to take a bunch of malaria pills. Yeah, so keep that in mind. Because they're huge, and you have to take them before, during, and after you get back. Yeah. And I think you, uh, going to a country like that, I think you have to, like, if you're coming from the States, or maybe anywhere, I don't know, other than there, but you have to get a lot of shots. So that, so just be aware. If you're especially, I'm not sure how Cape Town works, but the more rural areas, she went on a missionary trip, so. That's probably why. Yeah. So. But if you're doing more than just that, keep that in mind. You yeah. don't have to do that. So, I mean, other than that, though, that is pretty much all the information that we have about the Castle of Good Hope in Cape Town, South Africa. Resources for this episode are, was, uh, my resources that I used for this episode were Wikipedia, AtticVoices.com, and the Castle of Good Hope's uh, actual website, which is castleofgoodhope.co.za. So... You can go there and get more information and, you know, see if that is something that you wanted to do. I mean, yeah, it seems like... they probably like, have a little brief history on their yeah. page and all. Yeah, I know. I think I, that's where I got most of the, some of the history from it, too. Because yeah. they do have, you know, stories and stuff. And you can go look and see if it is something you want to do. I mean, clearly it is cheap. I mean, I don't yeah. know what the R... Like, you know, obviously it's cheap to, like, U.S. dollars and euros. So... I mean, it's cheap to us. Getting there might cost you a little bit more, but I mean, uh, a bit more. If you're, if you're, um, you know, heading that way or wanting to go that way or have never been and want to go to South Africa, I mean, just keep that in mind. Sounds like a good destination if you like the paranormal. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we'll make our way there one day. It'll probably be a while though. Yeah, because that's a lot of saving up. That's a lot of saving up. We have up. a lot of places we want to go. No. <laughs> It's a lot of saving up and a lot of just getting prepared because you don't you don't really know, especially now with COVID, you don't really know what you're walking into. And, you know, countries like Africa and South Africa, they malaria is still unfortunately there. Yeah. I mean, you can't kill all the mosquitoes. So, I mean, yeah, the same goes for like South America. Yeah, there's a lot of. I used to watch a bunch of history shows, so. Nerd. I know. It's thanks to my dad. He would watch them. (laughs) I was in the room. Yeah. Well, I guess that's it for this episode and about the Castle of Good Hope. So, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks. Thanks for coming to hang out with us and letting us tell you stories. Don't forget, you can find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at 3AM Tales of Terror. You can find pictures from each episode there as well as our website, 3, the number 3, 3AMTalesOfTerror.com. You can also subscribe with your email at our website for updates as well. If you have any questions or story ideas for us, you can email us at info at 3AMTalesOfTerror.com. That's a 3, 
and not the word. If you want to support us, you can sign up to become part of our Patreon. There, you will get ad-free episodes as well as bonus content. We hope you'll join us next week. And And we we hope hope you were terrified. terrified.